0: Hello, my name is Molly Salthog and I am a Senior Intelligence Analyst at the Sufan Group. I'm joined today by my colleague and and friend, uh, Dr. Colin Clark, who holds many distinguished titles, including Senior Research Fellow at the Sufan Center. Thank you for being here today, Colin.
1: Great to be here with you, Molly.
0: So on November 29, you penned an op-ed in the LA Times that has received a lot of attention um, with individuals like Jake. Tapper and Asan Asan bring attention to it on social media specifically. And you're right in the op ed, I firmly believe that the President of the United States is laying the groundwork for violence and disruption to unfold regularly over the next four years. As a national security researcher, I never imagined i write that sentence. You know, especially in light of the violence we witnessed um, over the weekend at some at some protests across the country and what happened today in Michigan. Can you briefly unpack this for the listeners?
1: Yeah, I never did thought uh, think that I would write that sentence. I mean, we're talking about the president of the United States of America openly calling, you know, people to overturn a democratic election uh, amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, which has been totally, you know, ineptly managed. Uh, people are armed. They have anxiety, and uh, they're angry, and he's basically riling up people, uh, and and suggesting that uh, the Biden administration is illegitimate, and what we just witnessed was fraud, that the election was stolen, and I think if you look at the history of terrorism and political violence, when a lot of you know conflict starts, civil wars, insurgencies. They start because one group of people in a country believes that the government is illegitimate in some way. And the president is actively trying to, uh, you know, convince his supporters that that's what's going on here. It's dangerous.
0: It, it's, it's frankly terrifying. Um, and especially now that that continues with um, this, the Georgia runoffs coming up. Um, but speaking of that, what are some near future scenarios you think we should look out for regarding this evolving threats? What should, you know, policymakers, practitioners and researchers pay attention to?
1: Well, I think I'd start, you know, as a college professor, I'll, I'll start with education, because clearly we need, uh, you know, a refresher on civics and the Constitution. There's a lot of people that talk about the Constitution. I'm just not sure they've ever actually read it. Uh, and I think, you know, Digital literacy, discerning fact from fiction. We live in an an era of increasing disinformation. Uh, We live in a highly, highly polarized society politically right now. Partisanship is at record levels uh, where, you know, neighbors that we used to have political differences are now viewed as enemies or adversaries. And that's actually encouraged by politicians. Uh, So there's a lot there, but I think educating uh, the youth in this country to, you know, what the United States actually stands for, uh, for what uh, free and fair elections look like. I think that's a starting point. I know that sounds somewhat idealistic uh, or pie in the sky, and it's certainly a longer-term approach, uh, but I think it's truly necessary to double back down um, and and to provide uh, just a much uh, better education for people in this country in terms of history, civics, social studies, etc.,
0: yeah, I, I I mean I agree with you. Uh, especially, you know, I'm thinking about all the all the work that you and and uh, your colleagues at the Sufan Center have been doing throughout this pandemic, especially shining a light on uh, the rising threat of white supremacy extremism, but also the what you mentioned earlier, the uh, disinformation terrorism nexus that has just exploded um, during this this pandemic. It's really provided fertile ground for disinformation to take root. And, and speaking of that, you know zooming out a little bit from the domestic consequences of the violent seeds planted by President Trump, how do you think our adversaries like Russia and China um, would view and potentially capitalize on increased civil unrest and acts of political violence here in the US?
1: Well, I think you know this is uh, they're having a field day with this. We couldn't have set them up any better to exploit the differences and uh, the seams in our society. Uh, this is you know issues of race, socioeconomics, uh, politics. These are the issues that foreign adversaries, including the Russians, the Chinese, but others as well, uh, look for in order to kind of turn the knife and and to fire people up and, and both sides. Because a divided America is a less effective America. If we can't get our own domestic house in order, then we're gonna be ineffective on the international stage. And that's exactly what Beijing wants. That's exactly what Moscow wants. And we're gift wrapping that and giving that to them.
0: Yeah, it's it's quite profound when you put it like that. And especially now that we think about entering, now that we're entering this this era of, of um, great power competition, but we still have significant counterterrorism threats, both as you laid out in your piece at home, but also still abroad. Um, thank you, Colin, for joining me today. Um, fascinating conversation and. And, but terrifying.
1: <laughs> no, I'm really glad we were able to do it. And and for the, for the listeners out there uh, that that are following along, you can you know follow most of our work at the Sufian Center, uh, and and we're writing on counterterrorism, domestic terrorism, disinformation, and a whole range of other topics through our our daily intel briefs as well as our longer-term research products. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Colin.